You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are rocking with us here on the Decoding Success Podcast. Now, right out of the gate, I want to express my gratitude towards you for taking the time to dive into the content that we are delivering to you today. So if you're a returning member of our faithful community of listeners, welcome to the show. And hey, if you are new here, you have picked an amazing episode to dive into. In fact, this episode right here is actually really, really special to me because it's with an individual that I have literally witnessed drastically change change his life. And you want to know what? I probably shouldn't even say change his life. I should say save his life. In fact, he lost 273 pounds to save his own life. And at this point, it's probably a little bit more than that. On top of that, his story is flat out inspiring. And you want to know what? We talk about how he went from rock bottom to, you know, the peak of the mountain or continuously climbing to get to that peak because he's still on his journey. And I'm really grateful to be a witness to it and not only be a witness to it, but also amplify it to all of you today. He is absolutely chasing his dream, which we're going to talk about. He's not letting anyone or their judgments get in the way of that. He's inspiring people in the process of it all, a lot more people than he could even even imagine. And we're going to inspire you today. And I'm really excited to bring to you my friend, John Arpino. In just a little bit, we're going to be decoding the success of John. But before we get into that, I want to give a huge shout out to our partner making this show happen, bringing you these amazing episodes in our partnership. And they are called Acadium. If you are a business owner or someone pursuing your passion projects, whether that's launching a podcast, trying to get more speaking engagements, putting out inspiring content on social media, whatever the case is, whatever you are doing, Acadium provides amazing interns to be able to help you bring these projects to life at an effective and affordable rate. And I'm telling you, when I say effective and affordable, I truly do mean it. For 90 days, you will be able to vet their intern pool, find an intern, and then acquire that intern for 90 days, working with you on a remote basis. So no, you don't need an office or anything of that nature. You could be blessed with the opportunity to work side by side with someone that could supplement your dreams by being able to provide you two extra hands, more than you have. So with that said, you could check out Acadium through the link in the show notes of this episode. And listen, I'm telling you right now, it's something that I personally have used in my business since the absolute start. And it has been something that I've truly found really, really helpful. And that is exactly why I'm amplifying their message. That's exactly why we partnered up Decoding Success and Acadium to be able to bring you the opportunity of diving into such an amazing program filled with the utmost talented individuals that are on a worldwide basis. So if you're tuned in from another country, not necessarily necessarily in the United States, you could use this as well. And hey, you might be saying, well, I'm in the United States and I don't want to use anyone outside. I promise you their database, their pool could be refined in so many different ways by different types of work that you're going to be looking for and programs and location and things of that nature. I highly, highly suggest you check that out. And again, you could find Acadium's link in the show notes of this episode. And now without further ado, we bring to you my boy, my brother, John Arpino. First and foremost, my brother, I want to say thank you thank for you. coming on here, and I want to welcome you to the show. Obviously, I just gave everyone an introduction of who you are, but I just want to say that I'm grateful for you hopping on here, seriously, because I very much so admire your journey. So, Mr. John Arpino, thank you for joining us, brother. Thank you for having me. How's everything? Everything is everything, baby. I'm excited that you're here, and my first question for you straight off the bat is, 
especially being that I've seen you at one point of your life and see you today and I see a drastic difference. I'm curious today, how are you personally defining success? I define success as the pattern in which we see our failures and correct them to better ourselves and complete our goals. <laughs> wow. All right, so talk to me about that. Repeat that one more time for me no, first. No, that was of all. it. That was a one shot only. That I'm was a one shot only. All right, so let's talk about it. The pattern in which we see our failures, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. So, what that means is you do not so success, everyone thinks that success is just like a natural thing, right? You just you either born with success or you develop success, but the way that you get success and I mean, I know this from personal experiences is that you have to fail in order to succeed, right? So in order to correct those failures, you have to keep failing and you have to find what it is exactly you are failing at no matter what your goal is. So pinpointing that failure is the only way that you will ever be successful. And I think that there are so many people out there that don't realize that. Right. I agree with you. Now, I mean, personally, I I mean, I hate failing and I feel like I'm a natural born winner and I just feel like I have such a competitive mentality to the Mm -hmm. point where and I'm speaking for you as well, just from, you know, knowing you for so long. Like I, I know that we collectively don't like to fail at anything. So in regards to failure, why do you feel like it has to be a part of the journey to success? Because, like I said before, um, you're not handed success. Mm-hmm. You have to gain success. You have to work towards success. And the only way that you ever work towards something or the only way that you ever get something worth having is not having it at all. I love that. Bro, you're making me smile, bro. Because <laughs> hearing you talk like this now, and I'm not saying you weren't talking like this in the past, and we're going to get into your journey. And I want everyone to learn about you, you know, a little bit more in depth from the bio that we've read off and everything. Um, you know, hearing what you say now versus what you might have said back then, like it just brings joy to me, seriously. And I, I say that so genuinely and authentically. So to that point, I do want to talk about your journey. And I don't want to go too far back. But I mean, I've been doing this recently I've been asking people who is XYZ in high school so I'm going to ask you who is John Arpino in high school oh John Arpino in high school um, John Arpino in high school was the fat funny guy um, I was the guy that everyone loved um, I was the guy that the bullies like to pick on but would not do it to their face um, and most importantly it's kind of funny people used to call me Brucey in high school Brucey, yeah. tell me about that. So, um, have you ever seen the movie Matilda? I have, but you got you're gonna have to right, so, bring it about. So, in Matilda, there's this this fat kid who is forced to eat a huge piece of chocolate cake. And when I was in high school, someone said, "Yo, that looks like Brucey," and it just it stuck throughout high school. And I fought so hard to not be Brucey, but uh, it was just one of those things, man. So, tell me why you consider yourself the fat funny kid? Did that Were you the fat, funny kid because you wanted to fit in? Were you the fat, funny kid because internally you just wanted to be able to make friends? Like, I'm curious why that came about in your life. So I always attest it to... So the only way that you are ever going to get me is if you had the ammunition, but I would never give you the ammunition. You follow what I'm saying? So like if you were going to make fun of me, I already made fun of myself three minutes before. So I took the ammunition out of your gun. Mm -hmm. You have nothing on me. That's it. I have a clean slate. You have a clean slate. So every joke that I'm going to crack is going to be on me before you could do it. You follow what I'm saying? So 
before before you had that opportunity, I already cracked the joke that you were thinking. So everyone already thinks that I'm funny. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Meanwhile, I'm really not, but I'm putting on this front so no one can attack me, basically. Right. right. I mean, the power of the spoken word, I actually just read a book and I'm skipping the name of it off off the top of my head, but it's by Florence Shin. Mm-hmm. She has a middle name. I'm, I'm skipping it right now, but um, to that point, you know, like... What was it, you know, what was the deeper reason why you were doing that, right? Like, I was it to make yourself feel better that other people weren't saying it and you were the yes. one saying it? Yes, That's you what it wanted was. to be in complete, I, well, I, excuse me, I wanted to be in complete control of the situation. Right. No matter what. Right, 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 right. Interesting, man. No, it's, it's crazy to hear this, you know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, I wasn't perfect and I probably picked on people and I could even recall... Um, going all the way back to elementary school, I was picking on uh, an Asian kid, the one Asian kid that was in my class, and nothing against his ethnicity or anything of that nature. I wasn't fat shaming or anything, and I'm keeping it. I always keep it real and authentic on my show, mm-hmm. so um, th- this is a no judgment zone, and um, I-, I just recall that so so vividly, and it was like stupid jokes. Like I literally can perfectly see an instance of a friend of mine and and myself making a joke that was like around the cereal brand and I, I don't even remember what the hell it was but like i was on the opposite end of that so hearing you say that man it's just like it, it's crazy to to hear but to that point i mean in high school you know you, you told us who you were as an individual tell people how much you weighed at that point in your life so in high school probably my senior year of high school i was Somewhere between 400 and 430 pounds, give or take. Right. Yeah, that was my senior year of high school. When did you realize, at what point in your life did you realize, like, hey, I'm overweight, right? Because oftentimes, like, sure, we we see other people, Mm -hmm. but, like, when was it that you knew, like, holy shit, I might have something wrong with me? So I always knew I was overweight. Um, There there was no hiding that. Uh, So for those listening, you obviously can't see. I'm six foot five, man. So like, I never had the short problem. It was just, I was always big, right? you know? So even as, even as a little kid, I mean, I was bigger than my friends. Um, I was fitting in, you know, adult size clothes in the fifth grade. I couldn't shop where my friends shopped. So it was, there was no hiding the fact that I was a fat kid. It was just, that's what it was. And that's what it was going to be until I decided to make that change. That's, that's really it. Right. Right. Now, what did it really take for you to make that change? Now, I've seen the change right. and everyone <laughs> sees the change now. What was it that said, okay, change time, you know, something needs to right. happen? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, um, sometimes in order for the best things to happen to us in life, the the worst has to come first. Uh, and that was definitely my case. Um, so I almost, I almost died in my house. Um, I code blued in my house. Um, I had a really bad asthma attack. I've been asthmatic since the day I was born. And um, it, it was a regular October day. I was getting ready to watch the Mets in the playoffs. It was the year that they went to the World Series. Um, it was actually the fuck Chase Utley game. That's how I remember it. That's how I forever remember the day. And um, I was sitting in my house. I was. I had a cold. Um, I decided to put some Vicks Vapor Rub on my chest, something that I've done a million times before in the past. So I put the Vicks Vapor Rub on my chest. I'm getting ready to go watch the game with my father, and then all of a sudden my lungs lock up, totally just lock up, worse than they've probably ever done before. Um, I remember my dad was passing my room, walking down the hallway, and I just kind of looked up, and I was just like, 
call an ambulance. And that's all that I could say. I was beat red. I was dripping sweat. My eyes were popping out of my head. I was going in and out of consciousness. Um, Paramedics arrived on the scene. Unfortunately, the paramedics that they sent, nobody was ALS certified. So what ALS certification means is that they were, that ALS certification is that they could administer uh, epinephrine. For those that don't know, that's an EpiPen. Um, so no one there could give that. They put me on a gurney. They're wheeling me out of the house. And a paramedic looks at me and he says, I'm so sorry. So at that point in my head, I'm freaking out. I can't say anything. I can't really talk. I'm in and out of consciousness. They put me in the back of this ambulance. And I remember looking up at the clock on the wall of the ambulance. And I remember just praying to God, praying to whoever you believe is out there, praying to my grandma who had recently passed. And I was just like, give me one more shot. If you give me one more chance, I will make this right. I promise. So I get to the hospital. I wake up like an hour and a half or so later, I'm hooked up to a BiPAP machine, um, all is well. Um, and I knew at that point I had to keep my promise that I made. I had no other choice. I was able to walk out of that scot-free. I went home the next day. Everything was fine. So at that point, I just I had to make that decision whether or not I was going to take it seriously or not. Why do you feel like people, and I'm not just saying you, because oftentimes, this is everyone, man. Like, Why do you feel like people have to get to a point, not necessarily where it's life or death, but where it's you know the end of the road or the end of the tunnel to the point where it's like, yo, I need to make that change, right? And uh, I wish I had my phone closer to me because I have this fucking amazing saying in there <laughs> where it's almost something along the lines of, you know, when the day comes, you know, you're going to be faced with the person you could have been versus the person that you you are based on your choices, right? So that right there, what you just said, that was the moment that I met that person that I could be, which would be dead, or the person that I should be, which is the person that sits before you right now. Um, I think that you have to go through something dramatic or life-changing for the for the most amount of change to happen. I hate using the same word twice, but that's the only way for real organic change, real serious change to happen is something drastic needs to happen in your life for you to realize, hey, fuckhead, are you going to do this or are you not? Right. You know what I mean? That that is that's it that's there has to be something that changes your your whole body chemistry for for you to make that change you know it, i don't know you you hear stories of these entrepreneurs right um like colonel sanders for example colonel sanders did not make all his money to the end of his life because he was given the shit under the stick his whole life you know what i mean and when he was on his bottom dollar that's when you know he came up with the recipe that's when the restaurant started that's when everything started when he com- contemplated suicide taking his own life that was the moment that he was like you know what i have two options here either not be here anymore or be the person that i'm spo- i'm supposed to be Right. And that's it. I love that. But how, in your opinion now, how do you feel like we can tap into that without going to the extreme of actually getting there? Right? Like, do you, do you feel there is a way to do that? Because, I mean, we see it all the time, man. Not everyone that achieves success necessarily has to get to that point. Right? So I'm curious from so your perspective. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I, I don't think that it necessarily has to be like a life or death sort of thing. It doesn't. It doesn't. But again, I don't think real, true blue success will not come out of something. You know, it doesn't come out unless something significant happens. Right. You know, and I just I just feel like that's that's life. I agree. 
I definitely agree with you. So to that point, you know, I, I've seen your journey for many years. We've been connected for, I don't know, are we close to at least seven, yeah. eight years at this point, yeah, maybe bro. a little bit more. It's, Is that crazy? We're going into 2020. It's yeah. going to be 2020 when this airs. Yeah. It's been a long time, it's been man. A long it's time, been a very man. long time. So I've seen you on your journey and, you know, we keep it raw and authentic here. So I'm going to say this very openly and I know you're going to be able to agree with me. Mm-hmm. I've seen you on your journey to the point where you've committed, quote unquote, committed to changing your life. But kind of reverted back and what and what I mean by that is you you know you've made some commitments you've told mm-hmm. me you said hey Matt like I'm going to come walking at the park with you or hey I want to do this with you and then it never really happened so the question I'm really asking here is when it comes to bluntly lying to ourselves right. how do you feel like someone can change that pattern because at the at the end of the day man lying to ourselves is the worst type of lie you could ever commit it is and lying to other people listen that's bad but when you lie to yourself man that gets fucking programmed into your mind mm-hmm. and you start wiring your dna right. like that you know so i'm curious so I'm, I'm i'm happy that you brought that up especially the the whole you know me and you well me coming to you and saying that we were going to go walking thing um before I had that that like traumatic experience in my life, um, I did not know what accountability was. Okay, so accountability was a word that was never in my vocabulary, um, and it is something that I hold very true and dear to my heart now. If you can hold the word that way, um, account. This is what I tell you know people that come to me and and they ask me well how do you begin your journey or how do you lose weight or how do you you know chase this success and bluntly speaking it all comes down to accountability because just like you said you can lie to whoever you want and this is what i tell my followers all the time you can tell everybody i'm going on a ketogenic diet i'm going on a low carb diet i'm doing this x y and z and you can post that, you can preach it to the choir, you could tell your best friend, you could tell your mother, you could tell your sister. It doesn't matter what you tell people. What matters is what you actually do because you're the only person who knows. So, so let's say for example, Matt, I'm telling you I'm going on a ketogenic diet, right? Now, I post all day, I post all my meals, all my ketogenic meals. Now, when I leave my social media platform and I'm in my car on my way home and I stop at the local pizzeria, nobody's going to know that but me, right? So I have to be okay at the end of the day with turning off my light, laying on my pillow and going to bed knowing that I just lied to myself all day, all day, that I made this goal and I couldn't complete it, but I'm projecting to the world that I'm doing it. So if you're okay with lying to yourself, hey, all the power to you, but I'm going to let you know right now, true success will never happen if you keep lying to yourself. I agree. Yeah, I agree on the utmost extent. And I'm guilty of it plenty of times, man. I mean, we all lie to ourselves at some point, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, to the point of being accountable... Now, I don't want to say anyone that finds accountability in having a partner weak. But having accountability with oneself, I find to be honestly the utmost respectable right? right because there's no one other than you saying hey do this and if you do this great right right so how do you find yourself being accountable like how do you build that gene within yourself honestly the accountability came when i started posting on social media when i when i started projecting my journey out into the world i had no choice but to be accountable 
okay? Because now all of a sudden I had individuals that I never met in my life relying on me to give some sort of inspiration or to give some sort of mantra or to give something. I had... You know, people were looking at me and, and, and they were coming for advice, looking for a little something to hold on to the way that they could connect in their own life. And when I realized that, I realized I have to be accountable to me because not only am I depending on me, but now I have this following that's depending on me. So if I'm not talking the talk and walking the walk, I'm not doing this right. And what I'm doing is just straight bullshit. Right. And I don't know about you, but I'm not a bullshitter. I may be a bullshitter to some people and I might bullshit my way out of maybe a, a parking ticket or something like that. But when it comes to real life shit, I'm not a bullshitter. I'm right. as real as they come. You know what I mean? And that's how I want to be remembered as someone who said that they were going to do something and they did it. Right. Well, you've most definitely did oh, it. I appreciate that. <laughs> you most definitely did it. I'll tell you that. And I love that you essentially said making things public is what helps you keep yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. And I've, honestly talked about that numerous times on this show and the example that I use is when I want to do something mm-hmm. I publicize the goal right in the open first and I'll give you a perfect example this platform right here was publicized that it would come out December 4th of 2018 and that's the exact date it came out right but I publicized it but you want to know here's the crazy thing literally two weeks before There was no decoding success. (laughs) Like that put my back up against the wall. So you saying that, man, it resonates with me on a super high level. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes to show everyone that's tuned into this right now how effective that strategy of achieving your goals or achieving, you know, whatever it is that you want to achieve is, you know, it's very credible and it's coming from a very credible source. So I want to transition a little bit more here. We talked about your high school journey. Now, I want to ask you, what was the heaviest weight you were? So my my top top weight ever was about five hundred and ten pounds. Five ten. So in high school, you said you were four something. Right, and then so I was about fourth. Let's say four thirty when I graduated. I graduated in two thousand eleven. So from there, my weight had just it just kept going up. Now um, in February of that would be twenty six. No, it would be 2015, right? February of 2015, I lost my grandma. Um, My grandmother raised me my whole entire life. I am the purest definition of a grandma's boy. Um, She was my mom. She was my grandma. She was just everything. And uh, I went into a very dark, disturbing depression where I just gave up, totally gave up on life. Um, I didn't care anymore. Uh, I watched my grandma die before my eyes. I watched my grandma die in my house, in my bedroom, because she went through hospice in my house and they needed a place to put her hospital bed. And I was the first person to raise my hand and say, you know what, take my room. I moved all my shit into the basement. And that's where I lived until, you know, the final day of her life, until she took her last breath. Um, So that was that was it for me. I just developed into this miserable prick just no one that you wanted to be around i mean you're a perfect example man like you you're you were we were around each other a lot then um i know that you can say i was not the best person to be around all the time yes i was always fun i was always funny i would never put a damper on anyone anyone else's day but like me myself and how i felt about me and the world around me i was miserable man i didn't give a shit anymore so at that point i tapped out I let life just go on before me and I ate 
and I didn't care. I didn't take care of myself and I just let life happen. Mm -hmm. It happened around me. I didn't live life. Um, so from there I just kept going up and up and up and up. At one point I ended up in the hospital just like I always do because of my asthma. They weighed me, said it was about 5'10". I said, yeah, it sounds about right. And that was about it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I got really serious about, you know, this journey, uh, I was working out for a little bit. I had gotten down to about 488. So if you really ask me, you know, what my weight was when I started my journey, I'll tell you it was 488. Mm -hmm. But my highest was 5'10". Right. Right. So... You know, one thing that I want to touch on here is the fact that it was almost not recognizable of what you just said. Like we said, you, you just mentioned that we were around each other during that period, mm -hmm. but it was hard for me and I was probably blind to it, to the fact that I couldn't necessarily see any trace of you being upset right. or being depressed or being down so when it comes to the actual suppression of that and you want to know what i just literally went through it dude mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily that i was depressed but i'm not i wasn't happy with myself right until i started making changes because and that's exactly what i want to talk to you about you know until i made changes to the fact that i left my job with damon john and i had a really rough year of making money so from a financial perspective and being such a high performer just as you are and the people mm -hmm. that are around us right like that you get really down on that so essentially man i i have to ask like how does someone not or how does someone work on themselves in that situation right how does someone not necessarily make it so you're, Public. so you're asking me how did I suppress everything and not let anyone know what was going on? Well, no, I want to know how someone can not do that. I don't want someone to do that, right? I want someone that's listening to this right now do the complete opposite of that, right? So, for instance, you suppress your emotions, right? Mm -hmm, you suppress mm -hmm. what you were going through. Mm -hmm. And from the public eye, from someone that was close to you, I couldn't see that, right? right? Same thing with people in... in in my situation, people can't, people look at me they're like, yo, you're a fucking millionaire. No, dude, I'm not a millionaire, right. right? So what I'm saying is how does someone, in your opinion, again, this is totally opinionated, how does someone, motherfucker, stop fucking <laughs> playing with the fucking cork, bro? <laughs> you're fucking cutting this shit up. How fucking nervous are you? I'm looking, I'm like, bro, I gotta clean this shit up, bro. So essentially what I'm asking you is how do people take the opposite approach of what we've both taken? And again, this is totally your opinion. I'm just curious as to what you have to say here. A solid support system. I think that is the, the difference. Mm, well, that's, see, that's hard, man, because like I had the support system. The, the only reason why... And I'll be honest with you, the only reason why I think that I suppressed everything the way that I did is because I care about everyone else's emotions more than I care about my own, especially back then. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I would never want to be around people and be, just because I'm miserable, make them miserable. Like, just because my life is in a weird situation or a shitty situation, that doesn't mean because me and you are hanging out right now that you have to be down. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that I was suppressing my emotions, but when I was around people, I just kind of unplugged them. It's like they didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Because, again, like I stated before, I was the fat, funny guy. 
So because I was depressed, I mean, I'm not necessarily going to take away the the fun and enjoyment from everybody else. Right. You know what I mean? So you just, you kind of put on that front and it's, I'm not saying that's the thing to do because it's not, you definitely, you need to go out and you need to express yourself and you need to find somebody, anybody, whether it's a friend, a colleague, a therapist, just to, we all need to vent. We all need to put it out in the open because if you, if you don't put what's eating you alive out in the open, it's, that's what it's going to do. It's going to eat you alive. Right. That's why I asked the question, dude, you know, and... And I I can't give you an answer. Like, Well, it's a phenomenal answer. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, I I really do believe that venting, number one, is phenomenal. Um, And I do think that even... Like, people often think having a therapist means something was wrong with you. Right. And I think that is the absolute worst and complete opposite thing like you need to be able to talk to someone Mm -hmm. and if you don't have someone that you can call and have them listen to you for an hour straight without interrupting you and without giving you valuable feedback like listen go get a fucking therapist right like and no matter what the situation is whether it's about you know the loss of someone close to you or a fucking girl that you were just talking to or anything of that nature like it's really fucking important so I really appreciate you sharing that feedback and you know um, I know we had a little laugh over our 19 crimes over here but um i definitely fucking appreciate it and to that point you mentioned the word journey just before we broke out into that uh laughter but i want to talk about the journey and now i want to ask you your current way because we talked about what you were in high school we talked about your highest point but we haven't told people what you currently weigh so i'm curious let's hear it so this is being recorded on december 18th uh as of today, and this is literally just as of today because I weighed in before I came here, which I hardly ever do. Weird, right? Because I did this whole weight loss journey, but like I hardly step on a scale, which people, I tell people that and they look at me like I'm, I have seven heads. But so as of today, I am 237 pounds, which is like my lowest weight since maybe elementary school, maybe middle school. I mean, I know that's really hard to say, but yeah, this is like the lowest weight I've been in most recent memory. Dude, that is absolutely insane. And I just want people to know that I've been around John for, X amount of years at this point. Top it off. Go ahead. Don't. don't. By the way, everyone, we're drinking a little uh, Cabernet Sauvignon right yeah, here. We get, we're getting a little litty. Um, and this is this is how we, you know, we're, we're having fun here. And um, I know this is a very educational experience for a lot of individuals, especially hearing from an individual that almost lost his life and uh, completely revolutionized the way that he goes about his day to day actions. So thank you. You speak um, so highly of me, and it just thank you. Listen, man, I'm a very well educated and uh, well spoken individual. So for me to share this with you, man, it, it means the world to me. And, you know, as mentioned, you know, I want to talk about that journey. So you just mentioned the <laughs> amount of weight you've lost. Yeah. Dude, I've been around you to the point where, and I don't say this to offend you, but to the point where you almost needed two chairs. No, I did need two chairs, Matt. I just I just kind of like didn't let people know that, but I you did. You didn't let people know that. I yeah. know, bro. I, I literally recall us after many nights out um, and maybe not even nights out, but just nights hanging out and we'd end up in uh, a Mediterranean spot in freaking i don't know brooklyn Mm -hmm. where you know you're putting me onto this new spot with mutual friends and next thing you know like i'm looking at you i'm like yo you don't look comfortable you know and i didn't express that but to see where you are today dude you fit in one chair very fucking well yeah man actually i'll give you a better example i don't know if you remember but i mean we've we've gone here a million times but there is one one night in particular i remember maybe we had just gotten back from atlantic city but we went to roses 
and we there was nowhere to sit in roses for some reason it was obnoxiously packed and we had to sit in those little booths and I couldn't fit in the booth. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Yeah, it was me, you, Nick, and we, and somebody, it had to be Phil or somebody. And we had all gotten food, and all is what there was was those little booths. And I remember Nick looking at me and, and me looking at Nick, and I just, we don't have to talk to each other sometimes. And it was just like yeah, that, yeah. fuck, like, what am I going to do type of situation. Right. And I remember just kind of squeezing the left side of my body into... <laughs> into the booth and just having my whole right side just kind of hang over and flop out and just eating and yeah i mean that was that was my life man like i could tell you countless countless experiences of going out to eat and just like fearing where the maitre d was gonna sit me you know or just walking into a restaurant and just like all of a sudden every every head in the restaurant just kind of looks at you and you have just numerous pairs of eyes staring at you like you're you're a circus animal right it's it's nerve-wracking it's something that a normal individual never thinks of like i'm sure you don't walk into the diner and be like fuck i hope this motherfucker doesn't put me in a booth right you know what i mean but that was 22 years of my life fearing where someone was going to sit me fearing well if i go over my friend's house i hope they have air conditioning because it's hot out and it might not have been hot out but for me it was scorching you know just little things that quote unquote regular people take for granted that was my life right you know i always had to think three steps ahead of everybody if i if i took somebody out on a date um I had to think in advance, well, what's the seating arrangement like in the restaurant? Is the restaurant air conditioned? Does the restaurant have food that I enjoy? You know, just things that that don't fucking matter to someone who's not who was not where I was. Right. You know, it's I get it. Yeah, man. I totally get yeah. it. I mean, you lost 273 pounds, bro. <laughs> you lost 273 yeah. pounds. You lost literally Almost one and a half of me. Yeah. I weighed 200 pounds. Yeah. Last time I weighed myself, I weighed 185. Typically, I weigh 200, but I've been... Oh, good. You look good. <laughs> I appreciate that. But man, you lost a shit ton of weight. I want to talk about the journey, bro, because I mentioned you mentioned the word. I mentioned the yeah. word. Let's dive into it. One thing that I dislike that is so often said is that people need to fall in love with the journey. Mm-hmm. Dude. The journey is fucking rough sometimes, bro. Oh, yeah. And I know you could resonate with this Mm -hmm. on multiple different levels. I know for a fact that you probably didn't like being in the gym. And I'm just making an assumption here. You probably didn't like being in the gym in the beginning of it. Nope. Right? But you had to be because your life was at risk, right? Mm -hmm. What's your opinion on that? Do you feel like people need to be in love with the journey? I think eventually you, you need to fall in love with the journey. But you're never going to love the journey when the journey begins. So the journey's not a journey when it starts, if you think about it, right? It's the beginning. It's the beginning. Um, and it's up to you in order to make this, let's call it a route right now, make this route a journey. Right. right? So you just said that, you know, in the beginning, I must have hated the gym. I hated the gym so much in the beginning of the journey that I could tell you countless experiences of pulling up to the pulmonary rehab facility where my quote unquote journey began because I couldn't go to a regular gym. 
So the doctors had signed me up for a pulmonary rehab facility, and this was a rehab facility for elderly people that had just suffered strokes or heart attacks or were in major car accidents. And they were, you know, just getting them back up, you know, on their feet and just kind of just getting them through the motions again. So... I was going to this rehab facility and um, I was the youngest person in the place. Uh, I remember one time in particularly, I was on a treadmill and I was hardly going, you know, one mile an hour. And I had uh, a woman to the right of me who was 75 and a gentleman to the left of me who was probably around the same age, maybe a little older. And they were kicking my ass, literally. They were running faster than me. They were running harder than me. They were putting more effort into me. So... That made me feel small. That made me feel worthless. Um, so there was times where I would pull up to the gym and instead of going into this rehab facility, I would sleep in my car for the hour that I was supposed to be there. You know, I used to go to this rehab facility before work um, and I used to just wake up, roll out of bed, drive to this place, and I would spend that hour sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then I would start my car and I'd drive to work and not put any effort into changing my life. Right. And I wasn't in love with the journey then. I couldn't stand the journey then. I probably hated the journey probably the first year, year and a half of it, because I was at such a heavy weight that, one, I wasn't fitting in any of the machines at the gym. Two, I physically couldn't bend over to tie my shoes. And if I did, I was sweating profusely and I was out of breath. Mm-hmm. So there was no fun. There was no there was no progression, no visual progression that I could see. You know, eventually down the line, I wasn't seeing progression, but my, my trainer would see progression. And I would look at him and I'd be like, why am I doing this? Like I've been at this for a year and a half now and I don't see anything. And he would just tell me, you know, at this stage, you just need to keep pushing. Like, you know what you want. You you can visualize what you want. Maybe you don't personally see it because you look at yourself in the mirror every day. But it's times like those where you need to ask yourself, well, do my clothes fit better? Is that one workout that was really hard for me in the gym just a little bit easier? Um, Can I kind of bend over a little bit more to tie my shoes? Is it not that much of a struggle? If the answer to all those is yes, well, there's your progression. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't expect to be the weight that I was and work out for a short amount of time and look in the mirror and be like, oh, well, you know, there's half a person missing. It just doesn't work like that. You know, it it, it took me 22 years to get up to that drastic weight and it wasn't going to be overnight, you know, that it was going to change. We all want instant gratification. But it doesn't work like that. Right. And you have to learn to rewire your brain so it knows like, you know, I give this example all the time. We live in this social media era. So we're so fucking accustomed to instant gratification. You put up a post on Instagram, you know, in a matter of seconds, you have a handful of likes. You put up a status on Facebook in a matter of seconds, the same thing. So we're used to doing something and getting a result instantly, right? It doesn't work like that when you're actually trying to change your life. I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint anybody out there, but that's just, that's the meat of it. Like, there's there's no changing that. It's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah, listen, you're not disappointing anyone, man. You're keeping it real and you know, I, I think you embody that and you've exemplified it through what you've 
been doing, Thank right? You. 273 pounds down, and I'm sure it's going to be more by the time this episode airs. You're the, f- you're the first person besides myself to say that number. I love it. Because it's so fresh and it's so new. I love it. It's crazy. It's amazing. (laughs) It's absolutely amazing. So why aren't you stopping? That's a question that I'm very curious, right? Like you could stop right here. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like stop going to the gym. Uh, I'm just saying like, I know we just had a little discussion before we even started recording this. You said like, yo, I'm not trying to get down to 200 because I would look weird. Yeah. Right. So like, I'm curious, like, why aren't you stopping? And it's not necessarily at a number, but like just in general, like, well, what's keeping you going at this point? Matt, there is so many things on my laundry list of goals that I need to complete that I can't stop now. Right. You know, I, I changing my life was just the intro to this story. Um, I have so much more planned, so much more things that I daydreamed about as a child, just so many more things that I want to do, that I want to touch, that I want to feel, that I haven't even, you know, scratched the surface of yet. This journey, and, and that word keeps coming up, everyone wants to think that these these journeys, this, this struggle, the success, it all has a beginning, middle, and end, but it doesn't. The journey is forever lasting and the journey will keep going as long as you keep putting fuel to the fire. Right. No one says that, you know, you have to set a a date or a number or anything to everything we do in life. The journey is just, it's just life. It's just, it's just forever changing. And I never want it to stop because the journey, it's the best thing that ever happened to me, you know? Right, right, And then that's just what it is. I love it. You know, I'm sure... And this is just me talking to you, Matt, to John. Like, I'm sure, you know, when Damon John first started, like, he didn't just make one goal. And then when he got there, he was like, well, that's it. Fuck it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, he, once he hit that goal, he made another goal and he made another goal and he made another goal. So his journey is forever moving. His journey's still going on right now. I'm not different. You're not different. He might have more zeros in his bank account than I do, but you know, good for him. Right. I mean, if we're not counting the zeros behind the decimal, we're all good, right? Yeah, exactly. We're the same guy. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you, what are the goals, man? Well, like you you mentioned the goals, like let's hear some. Let's let's publicize them. Let's make sure people are holding you accountable to them. (laughs) So I always had that wild, crazy dream as a kid that I wanted to be a professional wrestler. So over the last two years, I have been training to do that. Um, I've had... At this point, I think I've had about eight matches. Um, You know, that that ride, that journey has been a very bumpy one because, again, it's very new. I'm only two years in. Um, Over that time, I have torn my meniscus. I've had a tummy tuck. So I've been on the shelf. You know, you can't you can't start something and then, you know, fall off for a little bit and expect it to keep going. You know, when you fall off for a little bit, you got to come back and you got to get that momentum going again. So, you know, professional wrestling is a huge one in my life. That is a journey that is going to last probably until I'm not breathing anymore. (laughs) But so there's that. I mean, I want to write a book. Hopefully within 2020, I will have that rough draft of that book done. Um, Man, there's just... If I told everyone all, all the recipes, uh, you know, uh, I, I feel you. Listen, only one chef in the kitchen, man. I right, get it. Exactly. I, I get it. I get it. I love it. First and foremost, you know, I love the fact that, you know, 
you never lost sight of the dream, number one. Right. Especially when it came to wrestling. <laughs> and I see this firsthand. And I didn't even know it was two years, the fact that you were already doing this and putting it into action. Obviously, mm-hmm. I see the stories. And, you know, I obviously talk to you. So I understand, like, this is what you're doing. And uh, I just want to commend you for your efforts of never losing sight of that dream. Thank you. You know, and uh, being able to get after it now, even though you're in your mid-20s at this point. Like, it's just phenomenal, you know, like, that's almost like, I, I don't want to classify it as a childhood dream, but like, growing up, like, dude. That's what it is. Literally, we're, we're sitting right here, we're sitting in my house, I was wrestling a mini Steve Austin right behind us. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, I'm, I'm serious, man, like, it's crazy to, to even hear that, so, to that point, man, I love it, and uh, the fact that you're doing that, it, it's it's honestly phenomenal and you know we talked about the journey we talked about all this but i want to transition more into to personal stuff and i know Mm -hmm. this it's all been personal but i have to ask you over the you know the the course of the journey what was a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you but proved to be true over time if we go back to the progression thing it's definitely that progression doesn't happen overnight you didn't um, want to hear that. I did not want to hear that. I really was hoping and praying when I started all this that I would just go to the gym a little bit and it would just all naturally just fall off. Fall off. Yeah. <laughs> I would wake up one morning and be down 273 pounds, but that's not how it works. Right. You know what I mean? And and, and when my trainer told me that, I man, it hurt. You know, like what, what, what am I going to tell you? Yeah, we. I had that pipe dream, I guess, that, hey, man, like, maybe if I just kind of put in a little effort, it's going to fucking make a change. It doesn't. It didn't. So, definitely that would be it. Right. I mean, listen, over time, it compounded, right? And I I guess, essentially, it it did happen. It's just not overnight, you know? And uh, a lot of times, people say that an overnight success takes 15 years. Luckily, in your case, it didn't take 15. It's uh, only four, but... (laughs) It's it's only four. And listen, I mean, that doesn't... We... you. You've literally just alluded to this, the fact that the journey doesn't end in a, mm-hmm. in a certain time frame, right? So I think that's a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, to the point of it, we're talking about the topic of advice here. What is a piece of advice that you feel is the best you've ever received? Who gave it to you and why? So this is something that I, I just heard recently and uh, it has stuck with me so hard over the last week and a half. Um, I was recently told by my very good friend, Anthony, that you have to earn your ego. And for some reason, this saying has stuck out to me like a sore thumb over the last week and a half. Um, I would never say, okay, stop. I I will say, I've always been a cocky person, right? And I'm I've never experienced that. Cocky right now. You're like, talking I, to Mr. Cocky. Yeah, I, I am, am cocky you as are, fuck. You are cocky as fuck. So. I always was cocky, but never had anything to back it up with. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I had all this ego and all this swagger, but it was like I had nothing there. I had no no meat in the sandwich. Well, I had a lot of meat, but whatever. That's that's beside the point. It was just bread. It was just bread. So, you know, he told me this, and I kind of looked back, and now I would, and and the way that I that I post on social media, and the way that I kind of live my life. I'm not that cocky person now. Right. But now after he told me that, I'm, I kind of sit back and I'm like, you know what, you motherfucker, you're right. You do have to earn your ego. And at this point, I think I have the numbers that show I've earned this ego a little bit. Right, right. So now this kind of egotistical little cockiness is, is starting to come out a little bit, but in a good way, not in like a negative, like I'm better than you type of way. Right. You know, but like kind of in the, hey, I got it. 
and I'm going to show you how to get it so we can all have it type of way. Right. And so that that really has stuck with me over the last week and a half. I respect it, man. I respect it. I mean, Thank you. First and foremost, I have, and I've, I saw you a few days ago, and mm-hmm. I've told you this. I've been operating out of a state of ego for probably anywhere from two to three years. Right. And it's never good to do so. <laughs> It's never good to do so unless it's for good. And I had such a mix of both, but at times the bad outweighed the good. For instance, I'm hanging out with a guy that's worth 500 plus million dollars. When I'm hanging out with him, we're getting in Uber XLs. We're, we're living the life. Right. But this is the thing. This is where it turned bad. When Matt Labrie is by himself and going to hang out with someone, he's getting in an Uber XL himself. Matt Labrie don't need an Uber XL himself, right? Ego is getting in the way. So I really appreciate you mentioning that. And I think it's something for all of us to just think about, right? Mm -hmm. Where is ego getting the best of us in life? Is ego getting the best of us in life to the point where you start a business, you quit your corporate job, you're making zero dollars, but you're living under someone else's else's dime right and listen the list goes on man i could speak from my own experiences so i really appreciate you sharing that i think it's i think it's something that i would love to have a whole episode about but i want to respect (laughs) your time we've been literally running for 50 minutes at this point but we talked about advice we talked about a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear and it proved to be true we talked about the best piece of advice that was given to you so if you could only be remembered for one thing what would that one thing be and why the guy who said he was going to do it and fucking did it. I love that. So what's the thing that he would have done, though? What's what? Like, give me give me more to that. I need again. You, you handed me the bread, bro. I need the meat. <laughs> so my whole life, I kind of I always kind of gave an inkling that like something like this would happen. Right. And and I'll take it back to the wrestling thing. My whole life, I told my family, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. Right. This was coming from the kid who was sick his whole entire life. Man, my guy is taking the sip from the bottle. Mean. Okay. Anyway, so (laughs) this is coming from the guy who was sick his whole entire life, who was 200 pounds plus overweight, who couldn't do anything. Literally looking his family in the eye and saying, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. Fast forward, changing my life. That's what I'm doing. I do that. I go and I train and I have matches and I cut promo and I and I lived it I hang out with people that I watched on TV you know I've literally hung out with people that as a child I turned on Monday Night Raw and they were on my television screen and I've chopped up conversation with them just like I'm chopping up conversation with you now the same way I said that I was going to do it and I did it the same way that when I started this journey I told people I am going to change my life. I am going to lose the weight. It may have taken time and time again of me saying it, but that final time I said it, I fucking did it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't change for anybody, for any goal that they have. It could be weight loss. It could be monetary success. It could be starting a business. It could be anything. Everything that I tell everybody is interchangeable with the goal that they have. Mm -hmm. And that's just the type of... That's what I want to be remembered for. The type of motivation, the type of inspiration. I'll never tell somebody I'm somebody's inspiration, ever. I think that's cocky. I think that's rude. But if somebody says I'm their inspiration, 
puts me over the top. How good do you feel when that happens? Incredible. Man? I will actually, before we end this, I'll give you just a quick, quick story. No, no rush. We're good, man. Before I came here tonight, I stopped at my, uh, my nutrition spot by my house that sponsors me. And there was these two kids who had just graduated the same high school that I did. Now, in, in the supplement store, they have a picture of me at my heaviest weight. And they have a picture of me at 260 pounds, right? So I walk in the store, I grab what I have to grab. And this kid looks at his buddy and he goes, there's no way that's him. There's just no way that that's him. So he looks at me, he goes, is that you in the picture? And I go, yeah, no, that's me. And he goes, you're J-Arp's journey? I go, yeah, that's that's me. He goes, man, it is an honor to meet you. And he daps me up. I've never met this kid a day in my life. It is so cool to meet you. I follow you on Instagram. Bro, I was over the moon. And I was already over the moon because I just, you know, I just weighed in. I just weighed in at this, right, right, this right, new right. low weight. So after that, I mean, I walked out of the, I walked out of the store dick swinging. Like I was just on top <laughs> of the world, you know? You felt good. Yeah, man. Like Listen, I, I get it. You know, anytime I speak at a college or a corporation or or wherever honestly it doesn't even or a general event and i deliver on what i am told to deliver on and someone comes up to me after and they're like matt fuck that changed my life yeah or i'll give you a perfect example man i spoke in tribeca in august and that was said to me and I know that I killed it. Like, I fucking know that I killed it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was told in 30 minutes, I killed it. Right. And I, I did. And someone came up to me and said, Matt, I've never had my life changed in 30 minutes. The amount of butterflies yeah. that came in my stomach was fucking phenomenal. And like, I... I I you live know for this, that moment, right? You live for it, yeah. man. You li- it's called fulfillment. Yeah. It's called fulfillment. And um, that right there is an absolute beautiful thing. But, man, that's fucking amazing that you said that. So, John, last question for you, man. If you could only give one, and this is one, not more than one. If you could only give one universal piece of advice for the rest of your life, what would that be? Trust the process. I don't even have to think about that. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. Elaborate. It's not going to happen in an instant. It's not going to happen in a moment. But if you trust everything that you're doing, and if you trust every bit of effort that you put behind something, change is going to happen. You can only chase your goals for so long. Eventually, you're going to catch up to those motherfuckers. So what goes into trust, though, right? Because that that's a really deep word at the end of the day. And trusting the process, I guess, is the same thing as almost the, the journey that we've alluded to throughout this conversation, right? So at the end of the day, what does trust actually mean? You know, like, the, does it mean embracing the struggles that come with it? Like, I'm curious. I think that the trust is, yeah, it's embracing the struggles that come with it, riding out the highs, living out the lows, and just knowing that tomorrow is a brand new day in a brand new slate and that you can do anything that you set your mind to. Give me hype, bro. It's a changed man, right? You, Dude, I feel like I'm talking to two different people, but you're the same person, same like I'm face, looking at you and, 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 I, and I see the smile on your face and I know that Matt Labrie four years ago would not be having this conversation with John Arpino. Not at ago. all. We would be talking about where we're eating. Yeah, exactly. 
We'd be talking about where we're eating and what we're drinking, what we're drinking, what club we're going to, and yeah. it's crazy, man. I absolutely love it, bro. I love it. So, John, I want to respect your time here, man. Where could people keep up with you on social? What else you have going on? Other projects, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, you can follow me at uh, at Jarps Journey. That's J A R P S underscore Journey on Instagram. That's where I literally live my life on this journey is through Instagram. You can, you know, DM me, comment anytime. I literally take the time out and I answer every single DM because I was once that person on the other side of the DM hoping that someone would answer mine and give me a piece of advice. So I love to take time out and answer everybody. Um, and you can hopefully, I'm given way too much than I should, but you can look for me hopefully on wherever you stream television shows because I did just film something big and uh, I know that everyone's going to really enjoy that. So follow me and I will be giving out teasers for that soon. I love it, man. There is most definitely going to be show note links in this episode Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna make sure everyone's able to get all that stuff and websites all things of that nature and man listen i appreciate you hopping on here love you too man i love the journey i love being a part of it i love watching it man i appreciate you i appreciate you having me man